Going Commando with Angela and Dana is brought to you by finduniquelyyou.com. Everyone has a story. I have a story. You have a story. We all have a story. As I see it, you have three choices. Allow your story to define you, use it to excuse you, or utilize it as a method to empower you. It's your life. You have the power. You choose. Rewrite your story on finduniquelyyou.com. We're shedding our masks and breaking down walls. Hell, we may even drop our drawers. That's right. We're going commando with Angela and Dana. Hi, everybody. I'm Dana Sardano, and this is Angela DeMarco, and we are Going Commando. Going Commando is a little show that we put together to help uh, showcase um, authenticity, really. I was thinking about it this weekend, how this is just what the world needs. People just talking about what they feel like talking about and being who they feel like being without forcing any kind of agenda or masking who they really are and just being. And Angela and I like to take an opportunity uh, once a week to sit down and just be who we are with each other. And we hope that you uh, join us in doing so. So morning, Angela. Morning, Dana. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I... Uh... I find it harder and harder to the, the, when I do like authentic things, like I'm posting, right. If I'm doing content I'm just like ranting or saying my, my piece, very, very, very few people get involved. Very few people comment. But if I post a picture of like my garden or I post a picture of like, you know, just something that's not like here, it's like some, it seems like people Superficial. are afraid. Yeah. It seems like people are afraid to engage with that part of themselves. Cause that's all I'm asking people to do is to engage with that part of themselves. Like here I am, let me take my shirt off, <laughs> go commando. I'm like, here's all my warts and, 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 you know, all the stuff that I like, you know, I'm being vulnerable and it gets very little, um, interaction, which is frustrating because as a founder, it's really, really frustrating to not get the help. Like I'm putting myself out there like, Hey, okay. Everybody's like, Oh, get help, get advisors, get mentors, get whatever. <sighs> I have, I, <laughs> Sorry, we talk about this a lot, like for years, you know, I'm kind of got the gallery, put my artwork out. You know what I mean? Again, I'm very, very upfront, very full frontal. And, um, like I'll do like this whole thing about a painting I did and where it came from and the message and, blah, 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 and crickets, 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 crickets. And then one brand will be like, your hair looks great. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what that made me think of? You know what that made me think of? When when actresses um, are being interviewed, because we think of actresses, we see the persona that they create. So we say, ooh, pretty shiny lady. Oh, I wonder what she's wearing, because we've been kind of conditioned. And, you know, and so the actress will be up there and she's an artist. She's an actress. She wants to talk about her work. And they're like, so, you know, you look like you slimmed down. Tell us about your, and she's like, why are we talking about my body? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing? Who are you dating? It's like, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I just <laughs> shaved my head and went into a cocoon for six months to create this role, right? And you're like worried about like, you know, like the designer on my shoes and, you know, like when I ate for breakfast, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Okay. Okay. That was a... Uh, <laughs> 
We it's both true. Are it's, uh, the, the, it's like, but it's uh, it's gonna roll nicely into what we're doing here today, you know. So, um, for those of you who who watch, all five of you, we love you. Um, <laughs> we are uh, in season three of Going Commando, and we're celebrating the season of empowerment. And the way that we're celebrating the season on our show is um, to share the recommendments from Dana's amazing book, Ten Recommendments for Personal Empowerment, the second edition. If you're looking to purchase it on Amazon, please. <laughs> published by you know publishing okay um no but so dana's recommendments here are are um beautiful ways of of looking at your life and and in different ways with a different lens and um evaluating what's what has happened you know therapy and uh outsourcing as we like to call it all awesome it's all about band-aids though because it's really about getting to the root of the issues the beliefs the patterns and so that's what we uncover during these episodes so there's 10 recommendments there'll be 10 episodes of these things comment below and what you like um um, but today we're going to focus on the third recommendment. All right. Oh, would you? Okay. Oh, that's me. Oh, okay. To you, Dana. All right. I got it. <laughs> so the third recommendment, I actually made a point to pull up on this screen because in, in the book, there's always two parts. It's like, I shall not blah, blah. And then it's like, rather, I shall blah, 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 blah. This one, I think the rather I shall blah, 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 blah is extremely important. So I put it up on my screen and I'm going to read it to you. Third recommendation. What's that? This is the long one I was going to say. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. Okay. Third <laughs> recommendation. I shall not apply irrational belief systems and toxic behavioral patterns that no longer serve me to my life experience. Rather, I shall recognize these beliefs were acquired during a time of crisis and the patterns were developed as a result to help me feel safe. I understand that not only did I develop these patterns as self-protection, but also that is what people do. We all protect ourselves. We all are protecting something. We all are doing this to feel safe. And when we recognize this and these patterns, we are one step closer to healing them. So freaking important. That part's not in the book. I, <laughs> <laughs> it is so freaking important. <laughs> it's so important. You know, I am, I am coming up on an anniversary. Um, and so always the first year of something, right? It makes you reflect, well, this time last year, this happened, you know? So then after the first year, then you're like, oh, I survived the whole year. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> I, I stopped talking to my entire side of the family, my mom's side of the family. I don't, I don't, I'm basically an orphan. I'm a grown up orphan. And I don't say this to say like sadness, but it was the, the thoughts of, oh, but she's your mom. And oh, because of this and oh, because of that, that I probably tolerated stuff longer than I should have. Right. Um, so I was questioned last night about my, you know, we're out to dinner for Father's Day. I was questioned about the, oh, don't you feel bad? And they should just call you and you're the daughter and it's not fair and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't want them to. <laughs> I'm good. I'm really good. I'm really good without them because I realize that having them in my life. And then the, the, the things that I grew up with, the not having, um, I, I had all my basic needs met. I had food, shelter. We had lived in a nice town, good school, you know, 
and I had, there was love to the love that they were capable of, but I created so many surviving coping mechanisms because of that, that I'm still dealing with today. And without having these people in my life, I've been able to step back and say, holy fucking shit, I have never been seen or supported. And that is the root of all of my, my shit that I've never believed that I could be, that I could be taken care of. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy? It's fucking crazy, dude. And you know, I, oh, I do something in the book, specifically in this recommendment that I write down. I do this in my workshop also. And when I work with people, I do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do is I take a belief that I developed about myself in childhood based on my experiences any belief. I want everybody who's listening or watching to take a moment and ask yourself, what do I believe about myself? Anything, anything could come up. I remember in my thirties, the only thing that mattered to me is that people think that I was, um, powerful, but not in a, like a, but like that, that I could overcome. Like, you know what I mean? People understand no matter what the circumstances, I was going to overcome it, that I was powerful. And I remember, like, that was, like, the most important thing to me. No matter what it is, oh, I'm sick. Oh, my leg's falling off. Oh, I'm bleeding out the eyes. I got this. I will overcome. But I never questioned where did that come from? Where did that come from? And then when I traced it back to, you know, <laughs> infancy, but but back to my earliest memories, that was... That was something that I had to do as a child and it became where I don't want to get into all the developmental stages and all that, but it became where I took pride and how I felt safe because I knew that I could overcome. So my patterns in my life always reflected that belief about myself. So take a minute and think about what is a belief about yourself. So I want to share one that I had since childhood. And this is the one that I share in the book, one of the many I share in the book. That my needs do not matter, right? My needs do not matter. My, I believed it because all of the adults in my life behaved in a way that led me to believe that. Listen, this isn't like a cry in my beer thing. This is just the child version of my, me's perception, right? I had an older brother that was the golden child and, you know, his needs came first. My needs did not matter. So there were so many patterns in my life that were developed based on that one belief. And in the book, I go through 10. It's as simple as being in relationships where I feel like I'm getting short, the short end of the stick, always having to work harder to get my needs met, um, taking the back seat in situations, accepting shit when I can have something wonderful. You know, my needs did not matter. And then you see it in all these patterns. So we, without having this understanding, this, this perception, this under, this understanding that our beliefs create our patterns and our patterns create a reality. Without the understanding that we develop coping me mechanisms to get our needs met that, that vary and, and alter depending on the complexity of the situation or our own developmental growth, but they're the same, the same coping mechanisms. They exacerbate or perpetuate these patterns. Make sense? If we don't realize that we go through life thinking everybody else is fucked up. Well, yeah. this mom, my first husband, what an asshole. 
<laughs> oh, my first husband was abusive. And my first husband was this. And my first husband was that. Well, you know, let me tell you something about your first husband. You have never would have been with your first husband if you weren't in alignment with that. If you didn't think you deserved that. Because yeah. my first husband, yes, he made an appearance for 11 months. Proud moment. <laughs> but my first husband won't even be in my sphere of influence now. Because we're so out of alignment, because I am such a different person. Yes. So it's just something to think about. Your beliefs create your actions, which create your patterns, right? And your patterns create your trajectory. And until you're willing to look at that, uh, nothing's going to change for you. I mean, let's just be honest. It's called space. Yeah. No, it's true, because you can just... You know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in couples therapy with my husband, you know, going commando. Um, and, <laughs> and one of the, one of the things we're taking your shirt off, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, um, one of the things that she, the therapist was saying, which, which you and I discussed and we both found to be true was that there are people who do not have this innate desire to constantly personally develop, you know, and, and they don't understand that our whole purpose on this planet in this moment, in this lifetime is to evolve our soul, is to learn something and to grow like a plant, like a tree, like we are like a constant, you know, constant state of growth. And some people just either choose not to recognize it or they just don't want to. They don't have the desire. They're very content in their space and there's nothing good, bad, whatever. But if you have two people who one is here, like hanging, this is where I want to stay. I'm good. I don't even want to look anything anywhere else. It's too scary outside of this. My comfort zone's right here. And if this person's going like this, I mean, it's, it's, it's like almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think also, you know, Wayne Dyer said, it was funny. This is one thing that always stuck with me. You know, people are always like, I believe it when I see it. And Wayne Dyer said, you'll see it when you believe it. And I was, and yes, yes. And I was watching something last night. Um, oh shit, 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 shit. Thins out Swiss cheese in here. <laughs> It was oh 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 I was watching the new the new ser the new um, season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia you know because I'm very erudite <laughs> I was watching Always Sunny and they were talking about they thought there was a curse on the bar right and you know somebody had a monkey paw and there was a black cat or whatever again there was a curse and one of them I think it was Dennis said or probably Charlie because he's the one that always comes out with the most obscure wisdom but was saying that, well, yeah, if there's a curse on you, of course it's going to work because you believe it to work, right? Yeah. It's like the placebo, you know? My, my, my husband would say to me all the time, of course, when you think this, it's a placebo. I'm like, everything is a placebo. It's all the placebo because at the end of the day, everything comes from here. If we believe that something is a threat to us, then it is a threat to us. Actually, there was, I just saw another thing, <laughs> a lot of time in my head. <laughs> but I did watch another thing where um, a guy was talking about they did a, um, uh, what's it called, a, a test or a, an experiment where they put scars on women's faces and they sent them into job interviews. 
and right before and to see if they were discriminated mm. against because the scars on their faces. And right before the women went in, they were like, oh, let me touch up your scar makeup. And they removed the scars from the women's faces. Oh. And a large percentage, I'm not going to quote percentages because I don't remember shit, but a large percentage of the women came out claiming that they were discriminated against, actually quoting things that the person said that maybe they didn't say or twisted it to to fit that narrative. Wow, that's interesting. Very interesting. We are what we believe. End of story. End of story. End of story. So when we have beliefs about ourselves, it creates patterns in our lives. So if you are listening, again, the five of you, thanks for coming. <laughs> But if, <laughs> he's out, Pete. But if you, if you are listening, just take a minute. You don't have to do it now, but you like in your day, and just assess everything in your life. Assess your relationships. Assess your your career choice. Assess the the the, the place that you live. Whatever, just assess, and whatever is bringing you discomfort. Ask yourself why, what is it about that's bringing you discomfort? And then ask yourself, well, what do I believe? Do I, oh, I don't have any money, I never have any money. Am I worthy of having what I want? Right, mm -hmm. do I believe I'm able to, to make the money I need to survive? Do I believe that no matter what I do, um, I'm always gonna, I'm never gonna get what I want? Like, what do I believe? Yeah. And then see what happens. Yeah, my um, my situation. Oh crap! Fuck, crying. <laughs> you crying? I hate crying. No, I'm not crying. You're crying. No, what are you talking about, man? Crying is the best. It's the best. Do it. Do it. You cry. You're a baby. You got like a baby. <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> Don't cry, baby Angela. Don't cry. Oh, fuck don't, you. Don't talk. Be honest. Commando. Tits her out, man. Do you think? Oh, God, seriously. Okay. Um, because I, I grew up with a mom who just gave me the basics, like not the, you know, like the best she could, right? But she was divorced by from my dad by the time I was two, and I by the time. Uh, my brothers were born. Um, I was, she was on her third husband. And it was just like a lot of stuff. And I was just carted around and my needs really did not matter. You know, I was basically ignored, putting pennies in sockets, you know, <laughs> like you flipping cribs, <laughs> getting attention, walking across streets. I am. Um, and so, and I've always been, the whole thing was, I remember if there was like a heavy basket some will be like, oh, how are you going to get this? Oh, Angela will carry it. Oh, Angela will do it. She got it. Angela's and so got that it. was my thing. I got it, right? So there's no worries about me whatsoever, right? I had no one to talk to you about feelings, no one to really be there. No one asked me, no one paid attention. So my whole life, I have had to fight for attention. And um, in my marriage, and I'm whispering because everybody's home right now, it's the same thing. I have everything I need. I have the love, I have the shelter, I have the, the beautiful family, you know, from the outside, we look amazing. But I don't have, I'm fighting, I'm fighting for what I need, which is support, which is um, companionship, which is a partnership, you know, it's, um, and, and because of how I grew up, 
I believe that this was enough. And I didn't recognize this. This was, you know, I got into the marriage and I was like, wow, this is awesome. But there were the signs, of course, the, the, he takes care of himself. I take care of myself. We're in a transactional relationship. There's love and there's friendship and all that good stuff. But, um, because I didn't have that in my life, I didn't know that I was missing it. And then when you and I, like you and I are like, God, you're like my, my sister. Don't bring me into this. <laughs> you're not the reason. <laughs> no, but you have, you have showed me what true love is. We are there for each other. Like there's nothing you could do or say, yeah, we'll yell at each other. We'll get into fights because we're, we're, we love each other so much, but I have never had anybody have my back like you do. And now that's all I want. That's all I want. Don't bring me into this. <laughs> I know, I know. And honestly, you know, it's really, you know, we're talking about how we push our needs onto our kids, right? And we have to be really careful when we're disciplining them and stuff like that. And uh, Maddie's going off to college in September, August. And she's the one who I walk down the stairs and goes, oh, you're so pretty, mom. Or, oh, the food was delicious, mom. Like, I'm not going to have any of that. <laughs> it's all going away when she goes to school. And that's not Okay. <laughs> So I am laughing and joking because this is this is how I cope with discomfort. <laughs> oh, look at that accident. <laughs> look at that train wreck. I told you, I down the stairs and my entire family, we needed stretchers for them. They were laughing so hard. This is what we do. This is what we do. We fight animals or assholes. I, I, this is obviously we're commando, but this is the more of this is for conversation later, but I know what you're going through and I get hmm, the pain of you didn't know. So it didn't matter. And that's what we're seeing in the world. I remember I didn't have children until I was 38 and 39. I mean, I skidded on two wheels into 40 with a, with a newborn. You know, but prior to that, I had people that I worked with that were like, somebody's trying to get me to freeze my eggs. Everybody's like, you need to have children. And I remember saying all the time, listen, it would be nice, but like, I don't have kids. I don't have kids. I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know. I could raise puppies and travel the world and be fine. But now that I've had children, holy shit, the, even the thought of having my life without them is, is, is incomprehensible. And, and, and I also used to joke when my kids were little because I wanted them, I didn't want them to have the struggles of weight that I had. So I'm like, I'm, I remember when they were babies, I'm like, I'm not even going to tell them what chocolate is. I'm going to tell them it's poopy because if they don't know what it is, they never, and like, but it's this idea of what you don't know, you don't know until you know it. So people are yeah. walking around going, my life is fine. Everything is fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like, what's the problem? Everything is fine. But we're also not asking ourselves. And this is the important question. What do I want? What do I want? I remember what you wanted two years ago, out of everything, out of life, out of everything, it's completely different than what you want now. What I wanted two years ago has shifted. Because the more we learn about ourselves and, and, and understand, again, what has been deserving coping mechanisms, what has been um, uh, irrational belief systems, what has been toxic behavioral patterns. When we take a moment and we look at them 
And then we go, oh, we're going to make this rational. We're going to get rid of this toxic. This doesn't serve me. We're going to get rid of it. We're going to supplement it or we're going to you know, change it out for this. And then things change. Then our wants change and they become, I don't want to say bigger, because if you want a million dollars versus you want somebody to pick you a daisy, you know what I mean? They're yeah, what's the value? One is powerful as the other. They're just different. They come from a different yeah. place, right? Yeah. So you're in that place now that you have changed so much and you have seen so much your wants are changing and you're in the process of trying to get those wants met, those needs met. Unfortunately, we live, fortunately and unfortunately, we live in collaborative relationships, collaborative relationships with our kids, collaborative relationships with our business partners, with our families, with our significant others. And when the collaborator is taken a little bit longer to get to the point where we are, it becomes challenging. Um, it becomes challenging. And I can go to a whole thing about, you know, you, you got to decide, you know, you know, are my wants the most important? And then there's a belief. Well, does that make me selfish? Selfish people are bad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, really a huge mind fuck. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. I just, one, um, one of the, the things I remember. So I was, uh, um, for how long? 13 years sober? I'm just a fucking train wreck, dude. <laughs> Spend some time with me. I got stories. <laughs> but, let's talk about beliefs. But so I was like so insecure. Like I was such a shell of a person when I got, went into the rooms of AA. And that whole first year, I learned to take care of myself, you know, for the first time look at myself. And this was really superficial. One, get rid of the booze and the, the the vices, right? And then learn how to sit in those feelings, right? You learn so much when you just accept and sit in the feelings instead of deny them. And I remember at one point, my aunt said to me, it was probably like six, seven or eight months later into it. She was like, God, Angela, you're so selfish. And I remember thinking, thank you. Because I was finally looking into myself. And when she said that comment, I was like, how dare you not see how hard I'm working for myself. Yeah. She's also one of the people that I don't talk to anymore. So <laughs> there you go. But, but it was, it was, that was a mind shift, right? Because how, if anybody called me selfish prior to that, you know, experience prior to getting sober, I would have been devastated. Oh my God, I'm not selfish. I'm here for you. What do you need? I will get rid of everything and do everything for you. Here's a shirt off my back. And it's funny I that chose, you say that yeah. because when you say the word selfish, people's backs go up. And I had a friend in the gallery once when we were talking, we we're talking about selfishness. And when I said selfish, her back went up. She was just kind of like, and she caught herself. She was like, oh my God, we are so, especially women, we are so conditioned to believe that selfishness is, is a curse. It's a bad thing. And so we do everything in our power to prove the opposite. And all we're doing is feeding somebody else's needs while feeling depleted and empty and um, and not have because our needs don't matter, right? Not having our needs met and all of that. And, uh, you know, every, oh, I'm not going to go on a tangent with this, but this is something that I've been, you know, pouncing around in my cabeza lately. But everything is about the meaning we give to it. Everything. You know, Joker, you say the word yogurt. Yogurt. Yogurt, right? What do we picture? Yogurt. Yo, yo, play, whatever it is. Yogurt, 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 yogurt. Now it sounds weird. It makes no sense. There's no meaning attached to it. It's a weird sound. Yogurt, 
yogurt, right? Yogurt. <laughs> so we, but we do that with everything, everything. Look at the rainbow flag. You see a rainbow flag. What is it? It's pride, right? Mm-hmm. It's pride. It's of that, that community. But I, my kids, when they were little, we lived in Fort Lauderdale and in Wilton Matters. It's a, it's a huge gay, um, community and there were rainbow flags everywhere and Nala was like rainbow flag rainbow flag oh my god she loved it all it meant to her was rainbows all it meant to her was colors but when we attach meaning to things it changes things for us so now we have to look around this is the world I live in my brain hurts but look around and what do we attach meaning to yesterday was father's day yesterday was a holiday the day before was my father's birthday so if I wanted to attach meaning and choose to be sad, I would have mourned the loss of my father. I would have done a thing for his birthday. Father's Day would have been a big thing for both my dead father and my husband. I would have thought about my girl's birth father, how he's not around because I'm because I'm choosing to attach meaning. Oh, mm-hmm. so we sat around, we watched Dumb and Dumber 2, we ate, <laughs> we made brownies. I don't think any of us showered. We hung out. Perfect day. <laughs> it's a perfect, perfect day. There was no obligation because of the meaning we attach. So it's just something for people to think about. What are we attaching meaning to? What do we believe? What are our patterns? What serves us? What doesn't serve us? And and start questioning shit because we stop doing that. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, you know, this work, it's sometimes your mouth sounds seem complicated because it's overwhelming. It's like, yes, I want to feel better. How do I feel better? What's the pill? Give me, give me the the quick solution, right? And um, for anybody that wants to dig in deeper, one buy the book, Ten Recommendments. This is not necessarily a book, but this is book. <laughs> but um, the the Dana, the way she does it in the book is just like we're talking today. You know, she just tells her stories and she gives the guidance, and then you have it in print so you can read it and reread it until it makes sense. Um, which I had to do with the steps, by the way, when we were going through AA, I got to step three. I'm like, I don't even know. I, like, I don't even know what that means if I did step three or not. And then one day I'm sitting in a meeting. I'm like, oh, like it just hits you, you know, but you got to hit it, hear it over. So we also, Dana also teaches workshops, uh, live workshops. We've got an on-demand workshop coming up, help you get through this stuff and make one small stride. And once it's like, a, it's like a formula. Once you kind of like can learn the formula, each recommendment basically is a formula. And you can apply it and you can scale that formula because it, it applies to every single belief in your life. So to, to put it in my terms, like the, the 12 steps, when I was quitting smoking, I used the same 12 steps because they ask you the questions. Okay, what do I want in this moment? Why do I have this need? What is going on? And it has me look at it, you know? So this just basically gives you formulas. So um, it really helps to work with Dana directly. Um, so go to finduniquelyyou.com and learn about um, connecting with Dana. Um, she also, I'm doing all your plugs for you, by the way. I know. I'm all like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so impressed by you. Um, Dana, if you go to ubuntufishgallery.com, um, and Ubuntu is U-B-U-N-T-U, ubuntufishgallery.com. That was for the, the listeners, um, that you can work with Dana directly on intuitive guidance. She does virtual and live guidance. Um, she can help you through navigating all this shit. She like untangles your spider web so well. So there's all the plugs for today. Thank you very much. And and just hot tip, it's (laughs) all formulas, patterns, and cause and effect relationships. That's all it is. Like, that's all it is. Like we got all this other stuff that's, you know, the bells and whistles, but when you peel it back, patterns, formulas, 
cause effect relationships. Just figure out what yours are. That's all it is. So thank you, Angela. Thank you for saying nice things. And, you know, I'm glad you cried. You need to cry more often. Oh, I've been crying all weekend, dude. Good. It's been a rough one. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. I'm going to Christian's pre-K graduation. Oh, you're going to be a I'm gonna be, wreck. <laughs> I'm going to be like, people are going to be like, wow, you're really upset about this. I'm going to be like, yeah, it's really sad. <laughs> With, with my family. So yay. Okay. Um, thank you. Until next week. Happy Father's Day to the fathers out there. Um, and to Papa Jojo. Baby JJ into his. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> thank you for watching this episode of Going Commando, Season 3, 10 Recommandments. We're so excited. Please subscribe to our channel so you too can become empowered. Going Commando with Angela and Dana is brought to you by finduniquelyyou.com.